morning, my friends, and welcome to another stupendous installment from very high above all the puerile and insipid forms of Wyoming mainstream media. This is Cowboy State Politics. I, of course, am your illustrious host, David Iverson, firmly ensconced behind the silver Cowboy State Politics microphone and broadcasting to you on the road from Wyoming's Oil City in Casper, Wyoming. Good morning, my friends, and welcome to the program. Today, we find out exactly who United States Senate candidate Reed Rasner of Casper is. Just about everything in Wyoming is unique, including our politics. For good or bad, typically Wyoming likes incumbents. Taking out a two-term United States senator, especially in Wyoming, is no small feat. It's not all that unusual for our federal elected officials to have opponents. But generally speaking, those races end up being sort of lopsided. So for the most part, unless an opposing candidate is pretty well known in the state, it's pretty hard for him to take out an incumbent. Or, as it was in the case of Cricket's Cheney, they really screw up and the entire state is done with them. So I was a little bit surprised when it was Reed Rasner that announced he was running against Senator John Barrasso. As far as I know, he's never held elected office in Wyoming, but there again, neither had John Barrasso when he was appointed to fill Craig Thomas's seat. So from the very beginning, there's a bit of a name recognition problem for Rasner. But we could be living in times where that doesn't matter nearly as much as it used to. Think about our past gubernatorial election. While he lost, Brent Bean was able to garner 50,000 votes. That's a pretty big number for a candidate who started out where pretty much nobody knew who he was, even though he had a distinguished military career. So maybe things have changed a little bit. In any case, as you all know, I keep my deft fingertips on the pulse of Wyoming politics, so I thought we should sit down with him and find out exactly who Reed Rasner is. And because I'm on the road, we'll get right to it. Let's take a quick break and get some of our sponsors to pay for this Cowboy State Politics road trip. My gallivanting around the state is brought to you by Morton Buildings. If you're in the market for any type of metal structure, whether it's a barn or a roping arena or a giant warehouse, or if you just need a garage, the two guys you should talk to are Nick and Jesse at Morton Buildings. Give them a call. Their phone number is 307-674-2532. They're the experts in all types of metal building construction, and they've been doing it longer than anybody else around. Truth is, you've probably seen their work while you've been traveling the highways and byways of Wyoming and not even known it, because their work stands the test of time. They're the best at what they do, and they've been doing it longer than anybody else. So, it uh, doesn't matter what type of structure you need to put up, give Nick and Jesse a call. Again, their phone number is 307-674-2532, or you can check them out on their website at mortonbuildings.com. As I'm traveling around our great state, I run across lots of properties that have a for sale sign out in front of them. And from a lot of them, you could tell they've been up there for a long time. If you know anything about retail, you know that if it sits on the shelf for a while, then you've got a real problem. So if you're serious about selling your property, or if you're in the market to buy a piece of property in the cowboy state, it's really important that you have a skilled realtor on your side. 
And not just someone who's just really good at selling something. You need somebody who's looking out for your best interests. Rebecca Bextel at Compass Realty is that real estate agent. Last year, she sold around $25 million worth of property all across Wyoming. Everything from small homes to big giant ranches. And believe it or not, she's been known to talk buyers out of purchasing a piece of property because it didn't fit exactly with what they needed and wanted. So if you're buying or selling, give Rebecca a call. Her phone number is 307-699-3519. Make the right move first and call Rebecca Bextel at Compass Real Estate. Again, her phone number is 307-699-3519. It's Wednesday, my friends, and you know what that means. Gun of the Week time from Gunrunner Auctions. Now, if you hadn't noticed, hunting season is coming up quick. When you're in the field, glitz and glamour doesn't matter when it comes to your firearms. You just need a gun that's reliable and that it'll get the job done. Now, most of the time, the gun of the week is a really, really nice firearm. But this week, I wanted to show you that you can pick up something that's affordable and will fit your needs also. So today's gun of the week is lot number 342. It's a Mossberg Trophy Hunter 308. It's got an excellent bore and the stock is in perfect shape. Right now, it does have a 3x9 scope on it, but you may want to replace that one. And check this out. It's a nice rifle, and right now, it's only 250 bucks on GunRunnerAuctions.com. So whether you're looking for a really, really nice firearm, or you just want something that'll knock down an elk, go to GunRunnerAuctions.com. They've got, they've got a wide variety of firearms, and some that are just your classic workhorse rifles, like my Winchester Model 70. So the one we're talking about today is lot number 342, and right now it's 250 bucks on thegunrunner.com. And now, back to my discussion with U.S. Senate candidate Reed Rasner. I'm joined today by Reed Raisner. Reed is running for the United States Senate. He's trying to unseat Senator John Barrasso. Welcome to the program, Reed. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here. The place I always start is I just ask you about yourself. So tell me, who is Reed Raisner? Yeah, I'm a fourth-generation Wyomingite. I was born and raised in Casper. I went to NCHS. I graduated the University of Wyoming. Um, I moved away for four or five years, and I'm back uh, in 20... 19 or 2020, I came back to Casper. Uh, I own Omnivest Financial right here in Casper. I'm a financial advisor. Uh, I'm not a politician. I've run for office in the past, but I, uh, I, I am certainly not a politician. And uh, I have a small family, uh, n no wife and no kids, just a very small, close family. And we're all right here in Casper. And I love Wyoming and I love the state. So what whatever possessed you to run for the Senate? <laughs> Yeah, uh, a year ago, or maybe a little bit longer, um, I had two two particular groups and uh, asked me to run, and I, I kept telling them no. I didn't really uh, want to run at the time. And they came to me uh, like March or April of this year, finally, and uh, just kind of outlined what it would look like if I did run. And I thought about it, uh, and I took what they said into consideration, um, and I decided I, I, I think I can, 
I think I can actually do this and I can win. Uh, with a great deal of support from the people in Wyoming and what they were telling me and uh, the advice they were giving me, uh, uh, talking about term limits, talking about the direction the company is going, or not the company, I'm sorry, talking about the direction the country is going, uh, really struck home with me. So I think uh, we're in a really bad spot right now, especially economically. And uh, that rings true, especially in my business where I see it daily in people's 401ks and their IRAs. Uh, people are hurting. And people need solutions, and I can present and provide those solutions in Washington on behalf of Wyoming, I feel. How bad is it for people's 401ks and their retirement? Uh, it was really good, and then it got really bad really fast. Uh, the regulations are getting tougher. The economy is uh, weakening, especially after COVID. We uh, have printed money so quickly and so rapidly that... Uh, Inflation isn't going away, and something bad is probably on the horizon, I would say. I don't know how soon, but something will certainly happen, and uh, you've got to control inflation. Uh, and I do have some ideas on how we can do that, and I'll be presenting them later this year. Uh, but we have got to get the budget balanced. We've got to stop raising the debt ceiling, and we've got to rein in the spending because everyone is spending in Washington uh, enormous amounts of money on so many different programs and regulations. Uh, we've got to cut regulation and control spending in order to get this under control. And I always say in my videos that weak, uh, weak men create hard times. And I truly believe that uh, the weak men for the past 20, 30, and 40 years in Washington have created some of the toughest times that we're facing. And it's going to take someone very strong and someone with some very uh, great leadership skills to pull us out of uh, what's coming. And not just in Wyoming, but across the nation, it's going to take a, an effort of all the states coming together, the senators, the Congress, um, and hopefully the executive branch to pull this off and get us uh, headed back in the right direction. All Wyoming politicians always try to mention the same thing. I'm, I'm a fourth generation Wyomingite or I'm a fifth generation Wyomingite. Why is that important when you're running for office? Uh, I think it's important for me because I'm rooted in Wyoming. Um, Although my grandparents and my great-grandparents, everyone's passed away, I've, I understand Wyoming. I understand our values. I was raised here. Uh, and we're still passing those values on to our future generations, which I think is very important. And I think that's very important to be recognized in Washington. And I think the country as a whole can learn from those values that we have here in Wyoming that we can pass along uh, to the nation as a whole. So let's talk about some of those values. Um, you're a Republican. How long, you, how long have you been a Republican? My entire life. I've never not been a Republican. Okay, so as a Republican, when you look at what's, what's happening in Congress, what's happening in our country, what would you say are the top three big failures, principles-wise? Principles-wise, uh, there are two genders. Most recently, let's talk about this. There are two genders. Uh, I am adamantly pro-life. Uh, life begins at conception. You had a choice when you got in bed and uh, that baby now needs someone and something to defend it. No matter what, I am a pro-life to the core. So our family values uh, and bringing that nuclear family back and bringing those values that I learned and I was raised on around the kitchen table 
at dinner time. Uh, it was passed down from my grandparents, my great grandparents, and my parents taught me those values. Uh, the the hard work ethics that I have. We had a family business growing up, and uh, working in that family business uh, was some of the most difficult times I've ever had. So if you've ever worked with your family and then lived with your family at the same time, it's uh, 24-7. So it can be difficult. But in Wyoming, we as a people uh, overcome those hard times. And for the past 20 years of uh, John Barrasso's reign, We've been through some very, very tough times. We've been through recessions, housing booms. We've been through the COVID uh, era, the mandates that no one uh, stuck up for us for, and they trampled our rights with. And Wyoming overcame everything out of all of that because of the values that were instilled in us uh, from generation to generation to generation. So being a fourth and fifth generation Wyomingite is very important in taking those uh, principles and morals that were taught from an early age and to Washington to help guide this country in the right direction is very important. Well, you're a financial advisor. So, I mean, economics, that's your bag, right? Well, the the chief economic driver in Wyoming is our extractive industries. Frankly, right now they're in the toilet. So in your opinion, um, what should be the, the first thing that we should do to help out our coal, oil, natural gas industries? Yeah, we have got to cut regulations. We have to hold the Department of Interior and the bureaucrats in Washington accountable to open up the federal land leasing programs. They've only held two uh, since Biden's taken office, which is actually illegal. And no one is saying anything about this. So in Wyoming, we're unable to drill. We've got to cut those regulations and start holding these bureaucrats accountable and start utilizing the resources that we have. Uh, John just came out with a piece today, in fact, saying that he wants uh, smart regulations to be put into place, which just means more regulation. Uh, I think we need to cut regulations and we need to get people back working. One of the scariest things for me is this new nuclear energy that's coming to the state for several reasons, but primarily it's going to displace thousands upon thousands of workers all over the state. So these people will no longer have a job. Uh, In 2024, we have a conscious decision to make. Either we're going to accept another Barrasso term and we're going to partner with Bill Gates and Terra Nuclear Plant that he owns, and we're going to set this up and get rid of our oil and gas and uh, resource industries here in Wyoming and uh, actually partner with someone like Bill Gates, or we're going to cut regulations and we're going to get Wyoming back on track to what Wyoming knows and what Wyoming uh, can get done in the energy industry and start drilling and start digging for coal and start pumping the gas. Specifically, which regulations? Well, if we look back on two specific regulations, uh, John co-sponsored with Cory Booker, the EPA, so it's Energy Protection Act, which was revised in 2023. So it it was actually passed in the 90s, but it was revised to put uh, stricter regulation on the oil and gas industry. Uh, but it made it easier for the nuclear energy. So as what he's been doing for the past six or eight years uh, from everything I've seen is trying to get regulations passed to bring nuclear energy as a a new sustainable energy for Wyoming, which is still, I think, a dangerous uh, thing to do. We've seen what the windmills are doing. Uh, They're destroying the landscape. Uh, Solar isn't working out so great for us here in Wyoming. People 
are going to be displaced and not have work anymore. So six or eight years of harsher regulations John has been passing to usher in this nuclear era that we're going to be coming into if he's reelected. And then we look at Senate 1111, so Senate 1111, uh, which he again co-sponsored, and it says it's bipartisan, but I think he was one of two Republicans out of uh, six or eight people that sponsored it, uh, which again put more regulation on the oil and gas industry in Wyoming to help facilitate and usher in more nuclear energy in the state and across the country. So when he talks about smart regulations or he puts a fancy word in front of it, be very cautious, I would say. Read into what he's doing and actually uh, follow along what he's doing because on his website, he'll say one thing that he's uh, easing regulations and he's uh, sponsoring new laws. And then when he's voting, uh, it's a whole nother uh, story <laughs> if you look at his voting record. So he's voting for more regulation, but he's uh, bringing forth to cut regulations and, and has he, so he has a lot of ideas of cutting regulations, but he's not actually implementing those cuts. Compared to other states, Wyoming is, well, Wyoming is unique in just about every way, in my opinion. Um, but we're the lowest population state. We produce the vast majority of resources compared to other states, even West Virginia. Yes, they have a lot of coal, but it's nothing, nothing compared to Wyoming. So our relationship with the federal government is also unique. So my question for you, and I thought about this on the way down to Casper, what is the proper relationship of a state to the federal government? Uh, the state needs to protect itself, first and foremost, and the people in the state. And the federal government needs to facilitate that state and those people. So my job as a United States senator would, to be, work, would be to work on behalf of the people of this state in their best interests. So if that means we need to drill, then I need to go to Washington and make it possible for us to drill, to get more coal out of the ground or to pump more gas out of the ground to make sure that Wyoming's economy is sustained, we're prosperous, and we're not uh, suffering like we're about to do in a very serious way because it's going to be some cold winters if uh, we're relying on an unreliable wind. It's a, it's a everything approach he's calling it. So we're going to have... Uh, windmills producing energy, solar and nuclear plants. And it's actually terrifying to think in a Wyoming winter, we may not have reliable energy to heat our homes. So uh, start splitting some wood. <laughs> I don't know. That might well, that's advice. pretty reliable if you ask me. <laughs> Maybe this is a little premature, but should you get elected, what committees would you want to serve on? Well, I, the finance committee, John already serves on. So everyone asks me this. And I was actually asked a, a, a question that is, if you're elected, we're going to lose all of the senior positions on the finance, energy, and international affairs committees. Uh, to my response was, well, we lost them when Craig Thomas died, and John was appointed, and we got him back. And when I win the election, and John Barrasso's gone, we'll get him back. So uh, I would want to sit on the energy committee for sure. We've got to unleash Wyoming's energy sector and uh, start drilling, start pumping gas and start digging coal. That has to happen. Um, the finance committee, I have a finance background. Um, so I would be a shoe in on that committee. And then um, I don't know what other committee I'd want to sit on, but uh, those two very, would be very important to me. All right. So let's talk some, some other issues. You know, one of the big things that is always in the news in Wyoming is education. 
And you already mentioned the, that there are only two genders, but um, education in America is lagging way behind other countries. I mean, significantly so. So in your opinion, what ought to be done to increase test scores to, um, to bolster up our education system? Well, I don't think the education is in the best hands of the federal government. One, it is in the best hands of the parents. And I think education first and foremost starts at home. Uh, so part of being bringing back the nuclear family and incentivizing that somehow at the federal level to be a nuclear family would be a priority. And then getting the government out of the classroom would be another priority. So in Wyoming, our students should be learning uh, the core basics, obviously, math, reading, science, Civics would be important to bring back for me, but I also think bringing back the shop classes for how many generations now, uh, maybe not even generations, but how many decades now have we gotten rid of the shop classes, wood, uh, auto mechanics, uh, welding, we've gotten rid of all of these core classes that I think are so important and we pushed college down the throats of every single child since the 80s maybe? maybe even a little before, maybe longer. Maybe longer. Um, but definitely since the 80s, it has been pushed that you need to go to college. Technical schools are just as important. And knowing, uh, having plumbers, having electricians, having ranchers, having uh, uh, guys and gals out in the oil field are just as important jobs as people going to college and becoming lawyers or uh, teachers um, or other professions. So I don't think it's a one size fits all, but I think the federal government needs to stay out of education and the government as a whole needs to stay out of education. Uh, and our public schools need to get back to teaching the basics and reinstating some of these core classes at our high school and junior high level, especially of shop and tech uh, science. I mean, there's great science classes out there and they're, they're just clubs, but they could be an entire curriculum of science for robotics. That would be very important, especially with AI advancing. So I don't think the federal government has a place in our schools. And I don't think the government does at all have a place in our schools. Besides, we need to go back to history and look back on our civics courses and start teaching what America is, how America was founded, and the true history of America. You mentioned AI, and frankly, it terrifies me big sci-fi buff. And that's one of those things that I think is just profoundly dangerous. So we're going to have to have some sort of regulations. In your opinion, how should we rein in AI? How should we, should yeah. we regulate it? Should uh, we do anything? Well, I have thought about this. So uh, there has to be some regulation. So some regulation I would want that uh, I would consider would be not allowing AI to take over our truck driver's jobs. So they want artificial intelligence to basically run our lives. So we're going to sit at home and collect a check from the government, I suppose. I don't know what's going to happen to our jobs. If they allow uh, truck drivers, I, how many millions of people are truck drivers out there, To uh, that job will be taken over by some artificial intelligence driving their truck for them from stop to stop. Um, I, would, I would absolutely pass a law saying that can't happen. Those jobs have to be protected. We have got to protect our jobs and the people in the country. So we have to start looking at a country as a whole when we talk about artificial intelligence, uh, not just Wyoming, but it's definitely a job that would protect. I don't even know if a, or they could get one of their electric cars in Wyoming that would last through a winter. But I think it would be hilarious. <laughs> the trucks would be over, <laughs> tipped over in the wind and uh, uh, frozen in the winter. But uh, artificial intelligence, there has to be some regulation to protect uh, human life, human jobs, 
and uh, our society as a whole for human beings. One of the main reasons that I started this program was to hold elected officials accountable. You know, in Wyoming, more often than not, people come to our doors and they say things like, you know, I'm, I'm a conservative, taxes are too high, I love guns, you should vote for me. And just because, you know, we are who we are in Wyoming, we, we vote for them. And then we're shocked that, you know, they go to Cheyenne or D.C. and they do exactly the opposite of what they told us. So transparency is a really big thing. How are you going to make your voting record transparent? How are you going to communicate that with Wyoming citizens to make sure that we can hold you accountable and that you are holding yourself accountable? Absolutely. So one, uh, I'm for term limits. So 80% of Americans are for term limits. And I've had a little pushback in Wyoming about this. But uh, we have to have term limits. I signed a pledge uh, with U.S. term limits uh, in Washington, D.C., that I will vote for term limit legislation and pass a constitutional amendment for, uh, I believe it was three terms in Congress, two in the Senate. And everyone says, well, elections are your term limits. That's the, that's the argument back. And I say, well, okay, but I don't get a, <laughs> a voice in any other state, and we're going to keep getting Nancy Pelosi uh, while she's still on a life alert or whatever, uh, we're still going to get Diane Feinstein. We're still going to have, God, uh, isn't we're, she terrible? <laughs> we're still going to have John Barrasso when he's 80 years old. Uh, and it's actually a scary thing when you look at Mitch McConnell and John's right behind Mitch. Uh, he's always right behind Mitch. Uh, term limits, uh, I think are very important. So it's going to set us up that we have citizen legislators going to Washington that have, uh, a small amount of time in Washington to get their job done and get back home. And then someone with new ideas can come in and get their job done and come back home, uh, both in Congress and in the Senate. We uh, have term limits on our governor. We have term limits on the president. And I think term limits are a great idea. And I've signed the pledge. So that's one way I'd say that I'm serious about going there to actually fix a problem which was created by, in my opinion, John Barrasso, a large portion of this. He's a very, he's the third highest ranking men, uh, senator in the Republican uh, Senate. So he definitely holds the bag. As far as taxes, I am completely uh, anti-tax, but uh, I, you, we've got to solve our budget deficit without raising taxes. So uh, I actually, again, have a plan for this and I will bring it out to you. Um, to save social security and balance the budget without raising taxes. So if, and I'm pretty sure I'm putting the final touches on it, but my numbers are, are correct. This will actually pan out. The hardest part would be convincing both sides of the aisle to vote for it. But I, it, it, in my opinion, it's bipartisan because it's just a no brainer. So getting that balanced budget without raising taxes, saving social security for generations to come without raising taxes is very important. But again, when we look at my opponent, uh, and the things that he's voting for are death tax, which is very, very important to ranchers across this entire state and uh, larger businesses, is going to be decreased by 50%. So as it stands, it's right at $12 million you can inherit tax-free. Anything above, you owe 50% on. Uh, after, the, after this year, I believe it's going to $6 million. So they're going to cut it in half. So they're going to pay for this debt one way or another. This is going to completely murder our ranches and how these, this land is passed on. And it's going to go to guys like Bill Gates who want to build another nuclear plant. And, uh, Barrasso's buddies is who this is going to go to. 
because the, when a legacy ranch dies and it has to be passed on to the next generation, now only $6 million can be passed on tax-free. So these kids have to come up with anything above $6 million, 50% of. So if, the, if it's worth $20 million, they have to somehow come up with 50% of that to pay the government in order to keep their ranch. So their, their option is then to sell the ranch, pay the government and take their proceeds and then go buy a, a, a ranch at, I guess. I don't know what the hell they're thinking, but they have a huge deficit to pay off. And I don't believe that's the way to pay it off. We cannot tax people to death while they're living and then tax their estate when they're dead. Uh, we have to pass these ranches and that legacy on and again, get back to the nuclear family uh, in Wyoming, especially. That's how I would approach that for taxes. Reed, after I leave your office, I'm going to Sportsman's. It's always a dangerous place for me because I end up buying more guns. Firearms are a big thing in Wyoming. I don't know of a single person that doesn't have firearms as a part of their life. But that's, that's not the same. It's not the same in other states. So in the Senate, how are you going to protect our Second Amendment rights? Okay, so uh, I, everyone should have a gun. Everyone should have gun training. Uh, the Biden administration recently uh, just signed an executive order, or they're looking to sign maybe an executive order, that they're going to cut federal funding to schools who have marksmanship and archery courses. Every, everyone in America, I believe, should have gun training and know how to use a gun safely. And that should uh, maybe be at the school at the state level. The state needs to start looking at this and protecting those Second Amendment's rights. We have a Bill of Rights that is given to us from God and is not for the government to allow us to have. Those are God-given rights. The government is there to protect our rights if someone were to trample on them. And they're doing a very poor job right now in the federal level of protecting our rights, especially our Second Amendment right. And it's being done by bureaucratic regulation, really. If we look at the ATF, they're passing regulations within that they're considering law and they're actually trying to enforce his law. So go buy a gun buy several guns. Everyone should own a gun. Everyone should have marksmanship uh, training. And I'm pro Second Amendment 100%. Okay, last question. Um, you're a finance guy, um, so this ought to be pretty easy for you. Uh, Wyoming's a big state, and it, and it takes a lot of money to run a statewide campaign here. So um, how are you funding your campaign? And um, last, if people want to donate to your campaign, how do they do that? Absolutely. So if they want to donate, go to reedraisner.com. That's R-E-I-D-R-A-S-N-E-R.com. And you can make an electronic donation. Uh, also, my address is on that website, and you can just mail me a check or a money order or however you want to do it. Or I'll be going around the state, and you can bring me a check when I get to your county. So I just released uh, eight or nine stops today in a press release, and then uh, there's going to be 18 total stops this month. So we're a year out. So far, I've raised just under $30,000, so I'll be reporting that soon, which is phenomenal, I think. When I look at John, he's uh, raised $6 million just about. And of that, only 2.2%, so 2% of that came from the state of Wyoming. So that's around 150, dollars 200000 somewhere in there. And I truly believe, and I've said this several times, I could make a few phone calls. Um, I haven't yet, but I could and raise that money probably by the end of the week. And I've already raised 30,000 since my uh, campaign kickoff on uh, the 15th. So it's been, what, seven days? Seven days. So 30,000 in seven days, and I haven't even started traveling around the state. Uh, that's going to start on September 1st. I'll be in Teton County, 
And then I'll be over in Fremont County in Riverton and I'll be in Lander, uh, on the second. So Riverton and Lander on the second Jackson on the first. And I can't remember where I'm going the next week. I think I'm in Natrona County the week after that. It's a, it's a heck of a schedule. It's going to be busy. It's going to be uh, tough. I run my own business at the same time. So it's, it's a very, very hard, uh, campaign trail ahead. I'm excited for what it holds and I am certain I can raise money from the people in Wyoming to defeat John Barrasso. I think I have the support and I'm certainly getting great feedback, uh, from 90% of maybe even 95% of everyone I talk to, uh, who's really like me. So go to readraisner.com and, uh, you can donate there. You can even just donate to volunteer. I'll take volunteer help right now. Um, if you want to do some mailers or if you want to organize something in your, uh, hometown. If people have questions or they just want to talk to you or, uh, um, want to get a hold of you, how do they do that? Yep. So you can go to again, readraisner.com. You can go to Facebook at read W Raisner. You can go to Twitter, read Raisner, Instagram. I am on all the social media platforms. You can ask me a, a question. I am trying to make myself as available to people as I possibly can for the next year with uh, my schedule permitting. So if I'm in an appointment, I'll call you back. But uh, uh, last night I had, I had a good 45 minute conversation with uh, a gentleman from here in Natrona County. And he hit me up on Facebook and said, I have questions for you. I want to talk to you. Uh, and I said, give me a call. Let's do this. And I gave him my cell phone number and we spoke and had a great conversation for 30 or 45 minutes. I had no idea who he was, what he was going to talk to me about. Uh, so, uh, give me a call and hit me up. I run a business, so be a little bit easy on me, uh, with my schedule. I, I, I still have to run a business and a full campaign, but I promise I'll make time for you and, uh, make myself as available to everyone as I possibly can. There's a lot of people in Wyoming, even though it's a small state. So to make myself that available is going to be difficult, but I'm going to do it. And, uh, we're going to defeat John Brasso. Reed, thank you for taking the time to visit with me, and you're welcome back on the program anytime you like. All right, thank you. I'll do that. That'll do it for today's installment of the program. Have a good rest of your week, and we'll talk again tomorrow during the live episode that begins at 10 a.m. You can find the link at CowboysStatePolitics.com or on the Cowboys State Politics Facebook page. Trust me, you don't want to miss it. Joey Carrenti joins me in studio. But for now... On the road in Casper, Wyoming, I'm David Iverson, and this is the one and only Cowboy State Politics.